Good morning, and welcome to New Church Live. Uh, my name is Angela Cooper, and I work here behind the scenes helping people plug into the various ways to get involved here at New Church Live. And I just want to welcome you to church and let you know about a couple of things we have going on. Um, we are doing a back-to-school drive, and we're going to be running this for the next handful of weeks. If you get our newsletter, um, it's been in there. Um, and it's a great way to just support kids who are going back to school. I'm pulling up my phone because I have the list of things that they are collecting. So we're supporting a couple organizations. We're supporting Gemma, which is a local organization that helps children who are recovering from trauma, and they have a wide variety of ways that they help kids from in, uh, you know, in service or in uh, patient to outpatient all around the Philadelphia region. And we are also supporting um, the Kids in Need Foundation, which is an organization that supports kids all throughout the country um, and all throughout the year, actually. So we're going to be um, donating all of the supplies that we get for that to both of those organizations. And the list of things that they want are backpacks, three composition books, four pocket folders, boxes of pencils, erasers, crayons, colored pencils, markers, glue sticks, and they said no no paste or liquid glue. Those are the main things. Um, I don't know about you, but I think it's fun to shop for back-to-school supplies. I have a lot of fond memories as a kid going with my mom, and I love the idea of helping families be able to support their kids going back to school and starting the year outright. And hopefully this is a year where a lot of kids are able to be in person and need all of those supplies. Um, so we're collecting those for the next handful of weeks. And there's a couple of ways to donate. We actually set up an Amazon wish list, which will have stuff delivered directly to our office. Of course, you can bring things in person um, here at church if you live locally or to our office. Um, and really, you can order anything on Amazon. You don't have to use our Amazon wish list. You can just have them delivered to the office. So if you have questions about how to get them to me, you can fill out our contact form on our website. You can drop a note in the chat window, or you can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter, which comes out once a week, which has all of this listed. And it's a great way to just continue to keep up to date about ways to get involved. And all you have to do is shoot me your email address and I will add you to that. Um, and like I said, there's an Amazon wish list that's just a button. You click it. It's actually quite a bit too easy sometimes to order from Amazon, but it comes directly to us. And actually it supports New Church Live through their Amazon Smile program. So if you don't even know about that, I can fill you in on that as well. Um, but anyway, it's just like I said, a great way to help students get on the right foot at the beginning of the year and support them um, you know, with their back to school programs. So if you have any questions or you need any more information, um, like I said, contact form on our website, or you can just put your information in the chat window on the online feed. Um, and I will make sure to answer your questions. The last thing I want to mention is we are supported directly from everyone here who attends online, in person, and the best way, no matter how you attend New Church Live, is to donate through our online donation portal. Um, it's on our website, but the easiest way is to just text the word New Church Live, all one word, all lowercase, to 77977, and you can make a donation that way or set up a reoccurring donation, which is really the best way to support New Church Live regularly and throughout the year. It supports all the community service projects that we talk about. It supports the band, Pastor Chuck, and all of his pastoring throughout the year. You know, the list goes on and on. So we really are relying on you to help fund New Church Live, and we are so appreciative of everyone who makes a donation. So again, if you have any questions, you can fill out the contact form or put your information in the chat window, and I would be glad to help you out.
And now here is Pastor Chuck to welcome you all again. Thanks, Ange. So good morning, everyone. Pastor Chuck Blair here at New Church Live. Great to have you joining us, wherever you are joining us from. And, and just a little story that I, that I thought was fun, shared with me about a month ago from a parishioner out in Oklahoma. And, and they got in touch with New Church Live simply because they moved to Oklahoma City. They were looking for a new church. So they just type in new church and we came up. There you go. <laughs> and in the miracle of technology, like this has become part of their church, part of their church routine, which is beautiful. And, and that's kind of the world we live in. And again, I, I want to put out an invitation out there to you folks watching online. We love to see your faces and your voices, and, and we love to get text messages, and, and even if it's somewhat close, you know, to actually figure out a way to get out and visit, grab a meal together. And one of the ways you can do that, just, just as a way of sharing, is to send in a video invite. If you're interested, just shoot me a note. Send in a video invite that just as a way we can use it to actually welcome people to church. Welcome people who are coming from all over the place to join us here in New Church Live, either in person or online. And I want to show you what that looks like. Today's service will be introduced as the musicians come out, will be introduced by the Rownies down in Florida. Welcome everyone to New Church Live. Hi, we're Peter and Nikki Rowney. And we're glad to be coming to you from the Florida Keys. Welcome, Welcome to, to New Church, Church Live. Beautiful. What a beautiful song. And, and that idea of, you know, there's, there's a, a longing and a hope and a surrender in there. And that's, that's, that's all part so much of the spiritual journey. And, and today we're carrying on with looking at the book of Romans. And every summer we do this, we, we take a book of the Bible and we go through it seriatim, in other words, a number of chapters, picking some parts that that I think really will resonate with people. And, and again, to review, you can't ever look at text without looking at context. And as a history teacher, former history teacher, I always find that really fascinating, like the context. And we've been looking at this, at this basic context of the ruins, the ruins that we've looked at, and the idea of Roman culture being deeply beautiful and, and incredible and amazing, et cetera, et cetera. Amazing, amazing, amazing culture. And then when we look at the Colosseum, we get to see a very violent culture as well. So the context. Here's Paul, formerly named Saul, and he's trying to support these small Christian churches. The original leader of these Christian churches, Jesus Christ, he'd been executed by the Romans. And here's this small little church trying to keep it all together in Rome. And it's a fascinating context, like to think, well, what did he write versus what I would write? And he's continually doing this thing that Christianity does so well, which is, which is taking this normal way of life and then finding a complete different spin to it. It's called the third way. It's not this, it's not that, it's this piece of moral imagination. It's a piece where we see something different, we act something different, we step into something very different. Two weeks ago, we looked at the idea of this pr progress, and this, that progress was going to end up not with the answer, but with a new form of hope. And then last week, we looked at the gifts of imperfection, that he, he wasn't pointing fingers out there, he was saying how badly he was blowing it. 
and, and how actually those gifts of imperfection can be a way of us connecting with each other. What a miracle that is. And today what we're looking at is, is another part where he talks about like the groaning of creation. Now, now what's the context? I want to give you a little context for that. So last night, as happens on many weekends, because we have a younger congregation, you know, I was privileged to perform a wedding. And, and what's, it, I don't know how the weather is where you're watching. Philadelphia was beautiful last night. Just gorgeous. And we had the wedding locally. And I'm talking with people, and I'm looking out there. And, and my whole wedding charge to this couple had been a simple, a simple thing about Christianity, was Jesus talks about the kingdom of God, about heaven a great deal, and the analogy he most often uses is a wedding, and a wedding banquet. Be preaching on that in about a month. But so important, there's exactly one time where he uses a courtroom. Twelve times a wedding, one time's a courtroom, act accordingly, I think. Folks, there's, there's incredible beauty in that. And, and, and you know, and I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm talking to some friends and I'm saying, yeah, you know what, this is, like, just look around. Just look around. Just look around. This is heaven. And there's part of me that's so excited and so joy-filled with that. And it's also a little bit Painful. Because 99% of my life isn't that. So think about that and hold that in the context of these words I'm going to read to you here. The words about creation groaning. We know that the whole creation has been groaning, as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. And, and just, you know, we we're reading this in sermon writing team. The moms there, the moms in the group said, Chuck, just remember to tell people that when the baby's coming, it demands full presence. Not, not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly. That idea of, yeah, there's this groaning as we kind of feel like we're waiting for our adoption as sons and daughters, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we are saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what he already has? But if we're hope for what we do not have, we wait for it patiently. That idea of a, of a hope that, we're, that we are waiting for patiently. Hope that we're waiting for patiently. I think, folks, that idea of, of, of that part of our life and that idea that we all have that part where we're kind of straining for meaning, where we, we've touched something, and it's, it's like it's... It's so hard to get language around this. We touch something, we know like, oh yeah, that's it. And where does it leave us? It leaves us filled with joy and at the same time yearning for home. Yearning for home. I think that's what he's talking about here. And I imagine all of you have that part in your life right now, that place where you just are feeling that little bit like deep joy and this yearning for home, and the two are kind of commingled. And I would love to hear from you. I would love to hear from you how that's looking for you right now. So we're going to put a question up. And this question is, where is that true for you right now? 
And then we're going to run a little timer. What I'd love for you to do is to actually text me in your answer to that. Like, where is it? Where's this true for you in your life right now? You can put the comment in the chat in live stream or Facebook or later on today on YouTube. Or, as well, you can just text me in an answer. And then we'll be sharing these in the second part of the service. So take 60 seconds and then I'm going to come back out and we're going to talk a little bit about, a little bit more about that groaning. So please take 60 seconds and answer the question. Thank you for texting in those answers. And we're going to take a look at those and, and chat about some of those. And, and it's this question, like, why is there this groaning? Why, why do we just feel that? I think there's kind of two ways we could look at it. One is we could just shift a little bit. And we could just say, well, it's because there's so much evil in the world. And, and that's maybe a very legitimate way to look at it at times. I had a friend say it this way. They said, look, Chuck, some people are gardeners. I'm the, one, I'm the gardener who sees all the weeds. And, and there's, there's something to that. Like, you need somebody who's going to see the weeds and pull them out, right? So that, that's one perspective. And another maybe slight shift, just move a little bit, is not to think you yeah, have this groaning, this, this, this sadness, what, it, what is famously referred to as a bright sadness by some theologians. Uh, what, what causes it actually isn't because there's evil in the world, but because there's good. It's really big. It's not because there's evil in the world, but it's because there's good. And that good actually is our deepest, truest self. The true self, the self with a capital S, the heavenly own with a capital O. It's that part of us that's connected in with God. Now, how does this, how does this kind of work? Well, here's, here's a concept that I just love about, about three heavens. It's this beautiful concept, this beautiful concept that there are three heavens, all of them present inside of us. That's a piece of Christian New Church theology. There's three heavens, all of them present in us. Now, that's big. That's big. Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is within you. And then he said, where two or three are gathered, there am I. You know that idea? Like, and then we all start sharing that little heaven that's within us. And of course, there is also a heaven, you know, a heaven, uh, a heaven, a place for, for, for life after death. Of course, there's that as well. And the idea that these things are connected. Now, what we believe is that we believe that there are actually three layers. At the bottom, the base level, the one on the far right there. Are, are those whose primary concern is obedience. And I want you to look at the word up there and to think of this. The word obedience, really the, the root of it means to lean in and listen. To lean in and listen. So that's kind of a base level. And then comes the second tier, those who are real concerned about serving. Those are the, uh, you know, uh, I, I was talking to a, to a dear couple friend, and we were talking about her grandmother who had passed. And I said, what was the gift your grandma gave you? And she said, manja, which is Italian to eat. And, and that's what her grandma did. Like, any time, that was her first thing, was manja, manja. It was eat, 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 eat. That was her primary, that was her service. That was, that was kind of that middle layer. 
And then there's the highest level, which is love. Where love's the primary thing. Now, it's, it's so easy, I, I think, folks, again, to, to see these as like discrete degrees. In other words, if you're like me, I want to know, okay, which one's the best, and how do I get the bright, shiny star and ribbon? And that means you're totally missing the point, and I totally miss the point. It's, it doesn't work that way. It's, it's like, no, there's these three, and it's kind of like this marble cake. And folks, I, I can't say strongly enough, here's the idea, all of these are in us. Of course some people are more oriented towards loving. Of course some people are more oriented towards serving. Of course some people are just these tremendous listeners, these doers. But they all wrap together. And this is like big time theology. It's, it's, it's the idea that they co-respond, that there's a correspondence between what's here and what's there, and the two go together seamlessly. I've said this before, but it brought a big smile to my face. You know, we have a small, very, very small cabin out in the Lancaster area. Tiny might be a better word. And, and a, a neighbor who's a, who's a religion professor out in Kansas comes out, spends the summer out there, and I was chatting with him and telling him I'm a Swedenborgian pastor, and he said, oh, I love Swedenborgians. They believe heaven is near. And, and I thought, what a great description, right? That idea that, that heaven is near. There's incredible good news to that. Because it means every single person you meet today has that at least in potential in themselves. And there's great sadness too. And it's not, it's not sadness over like, boy, I wish everyone else got it. It's not that at all. It's, 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 it's this, for me, it's the sadness of like, when, when you get a sense of that something's being born and you can kind of see it, you can kind of picture it, and you just know we're not there. And maybe an aside, maybe an aside is that in this life, maybe we never are. Maybe that's just part of the journey. But the groaning means you're growing. The groaning means you care. The groaning means you love. It means the enemy is apathy. Now, can we see this sometimes? Absolutely, we can see it sometimes. I loved this particular story, and it was a story, uh, uh, you know, we, we don't use videos here because, again, the streaming services will, will knock them down, but there's a beautiful video on this, and it was, it was two women, those two women there, and, and they each found out that their husbands needed to get new kidneys, and they were friends at work, and they found out they were each a match for the other person's partner. So they both donated, they sort of swapped kidneys all in one family, so to speak. Isn't that good? Like, and, 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 you, and you think, folks, like, that idea of love for others is the regenerate person's new will. Like, we, we, we hear that and we read that, and, and that part of you that just is a little bit moved, that, that reads that and it finds it striking, that's heaven speaking. Love, service, and listening. That's why that moves us. Because that thing out there had a landing place in here which is connected up there. 
When we can do that, folks, what we start to understand and we start to see is more and more about the true colors. The true colors in ourselves and the true colors out there in the world amongst those we love and in our communities. Wow. Beautiful. Thank you. What an incredibly beautiful song and, and that idea of, of, true, of true colors and, and, and how that can work and how we can, we can see that. And, and, and uh, you know, there's this beautiful new church concept around different churches that, that even with different religious perspectives, you know, if, if we really got it, it would just be different colors of one rainbow. How powerful is that? Buddy, that's the covenant. That's God's agreement with us. So I wanted to say, you know, we had, a, had some beautiful answers here. I'm going to share, share a few of them here. And uh, these were powerful, what people, people said. And again, you know, it's, it's, it's the beautiful part of the spiritual journey is we're all on it. And just, every time I read these things, it just echoes so true about how much we share. I guess, the, I guess this can mostly be true in the moments where I feel like some, of, some or all of my blessings may be taken away from me. There's usually no real basis for this, other than perhaps my shifting focus to the reasons why I don't deserve my life's blessings versus the many reasons I do, particularly when God's love surrounds me. Beautiful. I think a lot of us could resonate with this, wishing that life was simpler, with less sadness, but finding joy and love within the chaos. My hope is that family can come back to those who need it most, that yearning around our families, so powerful. And I think this was really well said. Just back to the grind after a great vacation. What a combo for creating learning. Now there's an optimist right there. You know, right? Like, doesn't, doesn't that just ring so true, folks? You know, vacation, right? And, and there's that moment where it's like, oh, this is what life could be. And it's not necessarily about just the joy of sitting on the beach. It's the joy somehow of being wet. Incredibly powerful. So, so this yearning, folks, again, to go back to what the moms on Sermon Writing Team said, they said this yearning, this, this idea of a birth pang, it demands full attention. Like there is no choice about whether you're going to pay attention or not. And spiritually, maybe it's a little different that we actually do get to choose that, to pay attention to it or not. And I think that's what this beautiful quote by Meister Eckhart gets to. This is an incredibly beautiful quote. I say this, uh, you know, with, with offering this to you folks. I'd highly recommend you take a screenshot of this because it's, it's worthy to, to think over again and again. Meister Eckhart wrote in the, in the 1400s, uh, wrote incredibly profound things. One of his favorite quotes that I particularly enjoy is, is he said, you know, God is closer to me than I am to myself. I mean, just chew on that. <laughs> God is closer to me than I am to myself. I think many of us would, when we think about it, go, oh yeah, that's true. And this quote is the same way. This is Meister Eckhart. Tend only to the birth in you and you will find all goodness and all consolation, all delight, all being and all truth. So that groaning points to this thing being born. Our job is to focus the attention, attentiveness on that thing that's being born. Reject it and you reject all goodness and blessing. What comes to you in this birth with its pure being and blessing. 
excuse me, what comes to you in this birth brings with it pure being and blessing. We could do a whole sermon on that line. But what you seek or love outside of this birth will come to nothing, no matter what you will or where you will it. That's, that's really powerful stuff. And, and I, I think, folks, it, it begs the question, all right, so he's saying tend only to the birth. Here's this yearning. It gets us focused on what's being born. We're to be really present to that, really focus on that, try to let go of other things um, because this is God sort of working within us. And so the question becomes, well, how, how is it that we do that? Like, how do we tend only to the birth in you? You know, how do we, how do we tend to that? How do we pay attention to that? And, and I want to talk about that a bit, about how that works and how, how we might think about that. What I would, what I would hold up, we're going to be all right with lights there. There we go. And God said there was light. Um, you know, and, and this is a really, you know, I don't have great handwriting, but I want to sort of hold it so I can move it around here. You know, the idea of having love, serve, and listen, and that these are, these are kind of in an order here. And they're in an order where they can, they can kind of tumble around together. Now, I want to say first with, with that idea of love, like thinking, yeah, what, what's the love that's being born in my heart? It was interesting last night at the wedding. Uh, these, these parents were there. They were wonderful parents. And dad is a professor down at, down at Temple. And uh, their 15-year-old son really liked the wedding. And they were amazed that their 15-year-old son liked a wedding. <laughs> and so they wanted to talk to me about it. Their 15-year-old son is there. And uh, what I did was I, I was talking to their, their son a little bit, and I was saying, you know, a good habit to get into, and I'd start with your parents right now, which is ask, ask your parents, you know, what was the best day of work, you know, they ever had? Now, his dad is a professor, does a lot of research in the medical field, and does some teaching as well. And, and so the question got asked, and the dad gets this big smile, and he's like, there's just been so many. And I'm thinking, this is going to be a good car ride home for this kid. And then he starts talking, and he doesn't talk about, well, you know, I got this grant from the federal government for blah, 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 which, which is terrific. And, and I know I have a family member who that would clearly be their best day of work. They love that kind of thing. And thank goodness they do. He started talking about students. And his son heard his dad's heart. And his son heard his dad's heart and hopefully heard something being born, something that's desiring to come forth. And hopefully the son started feeling something too, maybe seeing a career in medicine totally differently. I don't know. But the very big difference, right? It's like this story we've been working on in our morning chapels. We do a little morning chapel every morning on Facebook Live, 8.30 a.m. You can watch it any day of the week, any time. But we do it live, and, and we've been talking about this idea of famous story, probably not all of you know it, Jesus feeding 5,000 people, and it all starts with these five loaves of bread, which we think picture love. And the idea of just a few loves, we just have a few things we love, and guess what? That can feed thousands. What you love, what you truly love, not only can feed thousands, but will feed thousands.
Think about that. And then there's the, the serve level. You know, that's, there's, there, there's that piece of, okay, so where's this sense of service trying to be born? Many of you know this, because I talk about this a lot. Easiest way to find that is to find where your heart breaks. You want to know where to serve? Find what breaks your heart, because that will tell you what you value the most. And there's so many distinct, beautiful, incredible ways to serve. I think about this, this, like this back-to-school drive, and one of our wonderful parishioners, Sue, works at a, at a retirement home, and so she put out there a sign for the, for the folks there, if they'd like to donate to, to, you know, to a back-to-school drive, they're almost going to do that just in that nursing home, <laughs> you know, fill all our requests. You know, because there's this desire to serve, right? And, and, and that's, again, folks, like, as I'm jumping around a little bit here, but, but don't lose track of that works because it's attaching to the heaven in them. It's landing. Doesn't need a lot of explaining. It's just landing. And then there's this one, folks, which is around listening. Around listening. Now, here's, here's a little philosophical bit for you to think about. So again, it's easy to think, as I would, okay, so that means this one's the best and this one's the worst. But that's not how we're to hold it. The lowest level, this, is considered the containment and base of all these other things. This is the structure for love and service to happen. So in a certain sense, you could say it's the top priority, maybe. That listening, folks, is, is so critically important. And, and you know, when, when we hold over here, we hold those beautiful things that people texted in, and, and your own experience around that, like how does that match up against this? Here, here's parts where my heart is groaning, where I feel like something's being born. And, and, you know, and I loved what the one person said, you know, and I get caught up in like, do I deserve all this or not? And that spins us way away from this. You know, do I deserve it? Am I enough? Spins us miles away from this. Pay attention to what's being born. By asking very simple questions about how do I love more? How do I serve more? And really critically, how do I listen? How do I listen? A few weeks back, a, a parishioner uh, came, and, and I was so excited to see this person that I got out about a 20-inch fire hose and just downloaded information on the person because I was so excited to see them. I was embarrassed. Because, folks, this is such a beautiful thing for all of us to remember. Because there was no silence in my words. An intelligence briefing, yes. But there was no silence in my words. We have to have silence in our language. We have to have those little pauses of breath. Breath, spiritus, wind, God, all the same word. 
that allowing, that, that listening, and then that listening, which has some silence in it, it then can hold service, and it then can hold as well this whole concept of love. Like, I, I mentioned this a few weeks ago, but I'm sure we have some new people tuning in. Uh, a parishioner shared with me these, these, these questions to ask people, and it was you know, a pretty typical list of questions. And the whole point of these questions, the direction said, and by the time you've listened to somebody answer every one of those, you will love that person, no matter who. That's the power of listening. That's the reminder that our enemies are just those whose stories we don't know yet. And we have to be super careful about it, especially in, especially in religious, religious contexts. Because it's so easy to like download information, but that's not what people are listening for. One of my all-time favorites, Dieter Bonhoeffer, writing during World War II. The first service one owes to others in a community involves listening to them. Just as our love for God begins with listening to God's word, the beginning of love for others is, list, is learning to listen to them. God's love is shown by the fact that God not only gives God's word, I love this line, but also lends us God's ear. We do God's work for our brothers and sisters when we learn to listen to them. So often Christians, especially preachers, think that the only service, the only service they have to offer, excuse me, that their only service is always to have to offer something when they are together with other people. They forget that listening can be a greater service. And this last line, really let this, like this is a full body listening line. So let's all get a big breath. Full body listening, folks. Christians who can no longer listen to one another will soon no longer be listening to God either. That's good. That's good. That's really good. Really good. So it's as we get a sense of what love is and and what love isn't is, 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 is uh, listening isn't, I should say. What listening isn't, it's not, it's, it's trying to figure out a way, how do we not listen to all the problems in our head? I, even this morning, we were laughing about it as a team, about how we all wake up, you know, we're pleasant for about five minutes, and then we start reciting all the arguments and disputes we're going to have in the day ahead. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> right? Which is like, it's crazy. That is totally insane. Pleasure of insanity right there. That's insane. But we all do it. This is a different kind of listening. Because it's a listening for parts where we can serve, fix, help, serve. Third one's the most important. We're not there to fix people. We're not even there to help people. The idea that I can help someone, but I can serve. And the idea of love, it's a very soft place. Very soft place. So as, as we look at this, folks, and we think about what this, what this can mean, I think when we do the work of listening, we take this work of listening seriously, it means we're taking the work of heaven seriously. I take the work of listening seriously, 
And that means I start to take the work of heaven very seriously. I mean, is there any better feeling when you feel that somebody has truly heard you? Pretty hard to imagine there being one. Where we really feel seen, where we really feel heard, is where we really feel loved. And our job is not just to sit around waiting for someone else to do that. Our job is to be that change. Let it begin with me. Let me do that. Because there is that yearning for this new creation. There is that birth pain. There is that, that pain and that joy both at the same time. In my experience, in that when I take the time to listen, I realize other people have that too. Other people have that desire too. A desire to see the world more connected, more beautiful. And so, folks, we have to tend to that in a certain way. What's born, what's being born in us, thinking of ourselves as mothers. And at the same time, how we can help other things be born in other people. So we're both a mother and a midwife. Can we do those things? And maybe one way to think of it is just this simple idea tend only to the birth of those connections and those gifts. Really looking for connections and gifts, connections and gifts, connections and gifts. It's just a simple one for today. Learn to listen. Listen well. And listen and lean in to those connections and those gifts. Where do we end up, folks, as we do this? Well, I love... I love the phrase, you know, when I was thinking about, it, you know, there's, there's so much of the English language, I should back up a second here, there's so much of the English language that I feel like we, it, it just says so much. It, it says so much, but we've, we use these words so frequently that they've lost kind of the underlying meaning. And look at this phrase, giving birth. Giving birth. Not I born the baby. <laughs> but th this word, like, why did we use the word giving with it? And this birth thing, this is constant. Creation is eternal. Recreation, regeneration, eternal processes. And we are here to give something. Like, like it's, it's this giving birth. It's... It's this thing inside of me, inside of you, and yes, it creates great pain. And yes, it creates great joy. Have courage and give birth to it. And see that as a giving. See that as a giving to the world. And a giving that goes right back out there to God. I think that's what we're to move into. A life like that of just giving birth. A life as a mother and a midwife. A life that understands the pain. A life, a life that's willing to even stand in those places where there is that pain. Because where you find that pain, you're also going to find that joy. And folks, you're going to find an incredible life.
Again, not perfect. Again, oftentimes not filled with tons of entertainment. But most importantly, a life filled with meaning. Because the best is yet unwritten. That simple. Because the best is yet unwritten. So, with that, I close today's service. I want to thank you for joining us today. Deeply appreciate it. I hope you can join us again next week at New Church Live. And for any of you, for many of you who join us later on in the day or later on in the week, again, you can text me anytime with your thoughts and answers and questions. And I promise you this, I will do my best this week to listen. So with that, dear friends, let me offer a prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for your presence here today. Lord, help us to leave here with this sense of life opening, of giving birth, of something new coming forth. Yep, Lord, accompanied by pain. All life groans with that. And yes, Lord, accompanied by joy as well. Help us to live into that place. Help us to find that place. Help us to be there. Be present to it all. Hear our prayer. Our Father, who art in the heavens, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so upon the earth. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and bring you peace and bring you home. Amen.